0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I with me for a few moments to the book of uh, Hebrews. I want to go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews for a few moments this evening. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to teach from this particular, these passages of scripture something that I've just been meditating on and reading through. A good reminder for all of us. Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. It says this, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit joints and marrow it is able to judge the thoughts and intense intentions of the heart verse 13 no creature is hidden from him but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of to whom we must give an account verse 14 therefore in other words understanding this therefore Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need In time of need. I want to speak to you from this particular uh, passage of scripture. And um, before I get to it, I want to open up by sharing this story it was a small girl that had been promised the privilege of climbing to a nearby hilltop where her brother had always played and always hung out and where he always enjoyed and the story said that one day the older brother came to, to, the, to the younger sister and he brought her there he said I'm going to take you to that mountaintop, that hilltop that I've always promised you that I would take you eventually where I hang out and have fun the story said that as they began walking, they came to the place where this hilltop was, and this place where this young man would play all the time. And to the sister's surprise, she looked at the hilltop, and she looked at the landscape of, of this place that he played up on the top of that hill or mountaintop. And she said, "My goodness, how in the world is this possible? There's not a smooth step anywhere." on this hill every place on this hill to get up to there where you play and hang out it's got rocks it's got steps it's got it's got rocks and steps and stones and crooked places and to her surprise her older brother looked at her and said yep he said how else do you think that you're ever going to make it to the top In other words, what he was saying, anytime that you want to go to higher places, anytime that you want to go somewhere beyond where you've gone before, understand the pathway to that that greater place is not going to be paved with smooth stones. But understand it was the cracks, it was the crevices, it was the rocks that became the foundation by which they were able to climb to get to that place of success. In other words, in life, I want to tell you that when God begins to move you and God begins to call you to a higher place and a deeper place and He begins to push you toward the greater things, don't expect life to be easy. Don't expect that path to be a cakewalk. Understand that just like, like life, just like this hill that this young girl began to look at and marvel at, our own lives are, are, are often paved with rocks and crevices and, and ditches that oftentimes God would even allow on the journey to where he's taken us to be a part of enabling us to get to the higher place. Understand that Jesus even said that in this world you will face tribulation. But be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I, I, I'm convinced now that, that sometimes uh, that, that if we're not careful that we are of the belief that just because we're saved that life should be easy. Matter of fact, the Apostle Peter put. He said it like this. I love what he said. He said, "After you have suffered a while, you shall be strengthened. You shall be established. You shall be rooted. You shall be grounded." And Javon, are you glorifying suffering? That's not what I'm saying. But I am telling you that if you walk this thing out long enough, you will go through a little something, something. It will be tough times. It will be struggles. It will be hardships. It will be adversities, but here's the key. As long as I know who is with me, who is for me, who is on my side, no matter how hard things get, how tough things get, I'm always in the winning circle with Jesus Christ. Understand this story, the backdrop of this text, the Bible said it was written to a group of, of of converted Christians who were formerly Jews. They were going through hard times and they were going through struggles they were being even persecuted for their faith, to the point of them that many of them began to draw back and begin to acquiesce and begin to to kind of kind of kind of uh, some of them even renounce publicly uh uh declaring their faith publicly. For the sake of having a easier, more protected life. In other words I would say it like this They settled to kind of be a closet Christian In the attempt that I don't want to be too boisterous I don't want to be too brave I don't want to step out too much Because when I do I might just put myself in in, in the pathway of persecution And they said that many of them wanted to draw away And even look at trying to find an easier way of life Outside of putting absolute faith in Jesus christ and oftentimes if we're not careful when life hands us hardships and struggles there's the great temptation of trying to make of, of 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 looking outside of christ and trying to find an easier way but I'm here to declare to you as this writer came along and encouraged these people who were going through such a hard time. I'm here to encourage you that I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is still the superior answer to life's hardships, struggles and adversity. Come on. He is still the superior answer. There's no greater answer. There's no greater way. There's no greater program. Jesus Christ is the ultimate Answer You won't find it in a bar, you won't find it in a drug, you won't find it in multiple relationships, you're not gonna find it wowing out in life and getting lit all the time, or whatever you want to call it. I'm telling you, the longing in the soul of every person can only be filled with Jesus Christ. Your answer is in Jesus. I don't know what you come for, but I just came to preach Jesus this evening a little gospel message that Jesus is is still the answer. He's the answer for my marriage. He's the answer for my children. He's the answer for my career. He's the answer for my business. He's the answer for my ministry. He's the answer in every hardship and struggle. Jesus Christ is the superior answer. And he was saying, I don't care how hard it gets. Don't you draw back on your Jesus. That you, don't you give up on your Lord and Savior just because it gets tough, just because it gets hard, just because things get adverse. The enemy will always tempt us to have second guesses, even as John the Baptist going through one of the hardest trials of his life. The very one who rolled out the red carpet for Jesus. The very one who proclaimed the, uh, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven at his hand. He talked about Jesus. The Bible said he would be the forerunner. But when life handed him a trial of a lifetime, he even sent the disciples being locked up in prison. When he found himself in a prison, found himself in bondage. The Bible said that he even sent the disciples and said, is he the one or should we watch this look? for another because things got so tough and so hard he said he began he was tempted to say is there another after he preached jesus let me bring it down he led bible study he ushered he preached he worked in the parking lot he sang on the platform he served in media he led a small group But it's amazing that life handed him something that was so tough, can we be real, that he says, I don't know. It was all good up until this one. I got over that. I got over that. I got over that. They made fun of the way I dressed. They talked about what I ate. They said I was wild and crazy. That didn't bother me. But what I cannot figure out is why won't Jesus come now when I want him to, how I want him to, and doing it the way I think he should is he the one or shall i look for another some of you the enemy has whispered in your ear look for another i don't know about this jesus stuff i don't know about this church stuff it seems like now that you're serving him that things have gotten harder now that you're living for him things have got tougher look at you you don't have the money you used to have when you come on before you start serving him look you don't have the platforms you used to have since you, you lost friends you lost, you lost associations you lost play. Come, come on some of you even lost jobs or lost opportunities because of the decision that you made to follow Jesus Christ but I want to encourage you this evening when you chose to follow Jesus Christ there is no loss in following Jesus Christ you have gained the greater you have gained the more how can you lose following Christ when Christ owns everything how can you lose when your God is the creator of the universe how can you lose when he says I know how to supply and meet your need how can you lose when you have the creator on your side And he said, I want to remind you, not going to be long. I'm ready to get in this and get out of the way. And he said, he was saying, Christ is the superior answer. And I want to remind you of three things. He said, don't forget his word. And I want you to watch this. I'm going to give you three things real quick. Don't forget his word, the word of God, the eyes of God, and then the high priest of God. Notice what our text said in, 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 in uh, Hebrews chapter 4. The first thing he said as you're reading this, notice he begins to talk about the word. He said, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even as far as the separation of the soul and spirit. And it says, down to the joint and marrow. When I'm telling you, listen, one of the things that when you are going through hardships and struggles, listen to me, you cannot neglect the word of God. You should not be neglecting it anyway. You shouldn't wait until you get in trouble to start reading. It's very difficult to build a house in the storm. You start building before the storm. But I'm afraid that we're living in a time where where, where it actually says that some of the Barna Research Group Said only 19% of Christians actually read this book daily. 19% read it daily and understand that, that that we have to read the word of God. We cannot, listen I, sometimes I have to, you know we, we know stats, we know statistics, we can tell you about ball players, we can tell you about this, we can tell you about that but let me tell you when life hands you something that you can't cope with, it doesn't matter if you know how many points LeBron scored in five straight games. It doesn't matter what Dow Jones and NASDAQ is doing. It doesn't matter knowing all that. The question is, do you know what the word of God is saying about what you are going through? The Bible, come on somebody, this word is supernatural. The Bible said that Jesus upholds all things by the power of his word. The word of God is eternal. Jesus said forever is my word established in heaven. It's unfailing. He said when I send my word out, you better bet your bottom dollar it will accomplish what I please and where I send it and it will never return unto me void. He said not only is it unfailing, you can bet that my word is reliable. You can count on it. He says I am not a man, I'm not like man who will tell you one thing and do another. He says but I am God. If I spoke it, it will come to pass. If I declared it, it will come through. I'm telling somebody come on, does anybody still believe in the power of the word of God. This word is a must. This word is a mandate. Jesus said how do you think you're going to fight the enemy if you don't know what is written? You can't say what is written if you don't know what is written. It becomes our defense and our attack. Could it be if we remain on the attack we won't always be under attack? Sometimes you got to be on the offense. Sometimes you shouldn't be on your heels all the time. Sometimes we need to be moving forward. Declaring and decreeing what thus saith the Lord about my family, about my children, about my business. Come on. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. My mind gets crazy sometimes. But I start declaring, you're going to line yourself up. I cast down that thought. I pull down that stronghold. I rebuke that thinking. That's not what God says. You're not crazy. You're not depressed. You're not. Oh, come on, somebody. The word of God. See, see, we're in the days of tutorials. Yeah, Cause, like, but see, I, I, I grew up with manuals, paper manuals. I know they still, yeah, it's tutorial time now. Is there a tutorial? Is there a video? Is there a hot link? Only hot link I know is what you put on a grill, but anyway. But, but I thought about this, listen to me. When, when it used to be, when you open up, watch this, a new product or, or something you're put together. What's the first thing that's on the top? When you open it up, there's a manual. And the very fact it's the first thing that you see is because they're letting you know that this is a priority. And it will often tell you, before you assemble or operate, please read the manual and follow the instructions. And every man in here said, whatever. <laughs> That's why they put it on top, because they're saying this is a priority, this is a must. And when you begin to open up that manual, that manual gives you the promises concerning that product, it gives you precautions concerning that product, it gives you guidelines concerning that product, it'll even tell you about the warranty of that product. And he would say, you know, if 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 any defects with this product, it says, please do not attempt to fix on your own. (laughs) Matter of fact, return to an authorized dealer. (laughs) Because watch this, when the when the when the when the when the creator of that product put a manual in it, that word manual is broken down. It's actually translated to this, the mind of the maker. In other words, the manual is the mind of the maker concerning the product. It's his mind concerning what he made. In other words, I'm taking out of my head and put on paper what this is supposed to do and become and how it is to perform. But see, if I don't get the mind of the maker... Then I'm leaning on my own understanding and we wonder why I'm losing my mind. Because you don't have the right mind. You need the mind of the maker concerning your life, not your mind concerning your life. And then we attempt to fix ourselves or go to an unauthorized dealer, bar, club, Drugs, alcohol, but I'm here to declare to you no manual, come on, so I'm gonna preach right now. No manufacturer ever puts a manual in his product with the, come on, with his mind that it will not succeed. He gives you a manual because he said, if you follow these instructions, you are guaranteed success. I'm here to tell you, if you would learn to pick up this book and begin to read it and consume it, your manufacturer, Jesus. Jesus said you are guaranteed success. Uh, this is the mind concerning your path. This is the mind concerning your career. He didn't create you to fail. He created you to succeed. Uh, get your mind out of your mind and get your mind on the maker and succeed in life. If you believe it, give Jesus one more shout of praise. Nobody creep. Man, you create anything to fail? He wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. He wants your marriage to succeed. He wants your business to succeed. He wants you to succeed spiritually, emotionally, physically. Come on, somebody! Your God wants you to succeed, but you got to get the mind of the Maker. Number two. Number two. He says, um next verse uh, verse 13 um, it says all things are naked Ooh, I can't see that no verse 13 Genesis uh, Hebrews 4 13 there's my I'll go over here there it is yeah no creature here it is is hidden let me hold that thought real quick do you realize when the Bible said that the Word of God is quick and powerful And notice what it said. It said it goes down to spirit, soul, and joint and marrow. Do you understand that that describes every aspect of your being? We are spirit, soul, and body. In other words, the word of God is the one thing that can touch every aspect of your being. Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. In other words, the word feeds my spirit. James said, it's the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. And then Jesus put it like this. If I need to, I'll send my word to heal your body. Come on, Proverbs put it like this. He said, my son, attend. Somebody's going to get this. Attend to my words. He said, incline thy ears to my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes, but keep them in the midst of my heart. Watch this for they are health to those that find them and healing watch this to all of their flesh do you understand this is a book of prescriptions for your life oh you missed it yeah but but understand it touches every area of your life next he said all things are naked are hidden, no creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of the one whom we must give an account to. Number two, if you're taking notes, number one, he said, Remember the word of God. Number two, he said, Remember the eyes of God. He said, All things, watch this. Notice, he said, No creature is hidden. In other words, God sees it all, God sees what you're going through. God sees your trial. God sees your adversity. God sees your temptations. God sees your tears. Genesis chapter 16 verse 13. Hagar called him. He is the God that sees. In other words he sees everything that is going on in your life. Have you ever wondered God do you see what I'm facing? Do you see what I'm going through? Do you see what I'm up against? He is the God that sees, but watch this. Proverbs, watch this connection. Proverbs 5, 21 says, The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. Watch this. And he ponders his paths. In other words, God sees it, but he also sees there's a connection with what you're going through with the path that you're on. In other words, he has a perspective of what you're facing that you don't have. Because sometimes what you think is taking life from you is actually bringing life to you. So what you think sometimes is tearing you down is in reality, it's building you up. I wrote this down and I felt it on my heart for somebody. And, and this is a word and and, and, and it's kind of random, but I, I just wrote it down as I felt like the Lord had The thing that God calls somebody to build is something that you're building. He said, the thing that I called you to build, I'm also using it to build you. In other words, the thing I called you to build... I'm using it to build you because of the opposition, the challenges that you're facing and what you're building. Actually, I'm working through that to build you. I'm building in you a character and a perseverance and a tenacity, and this is the word I heard, and a capacity because when I get, oh come on, when it comes to completion, you're gonna need a capacity of faith to be ready to receive what I'm about to do in your life. The very thing that God is called you to build he's using it to build you building a greater prayer life building a greater worship life building a greater trust building a greater faith building a greater commitment building a greater dependency upon him man is not your source god is your source get your eyes off man and get your eyes on god He said, all things, I see what's going on around you. But notice the next part. He said, all things, he said, he said, are naked. He said, all things, he said, no creature is hidden from my eyes. But then he says, all things are naked and exposed. Because not only does God see what's going on around you, but God also sees what's going on in you. Uh, he doesn't just see what you're going through. He also sees what's going through you. Notice he said all things are naked. I see what's really going on. On the inside. I see what's really going on. Deep down. Within. I thought about this. Because here's what happens sometimes. That we're real good. At pretending like everything is okay. On the outside. We're real good. And I I felt this in my heart. And this is what I've been praying. That we're real good at covering. Watch this. Hidden hurts. That was the word. Hidden hurts. Because see, you can hide from man. But you cannot hide from God. But what you have to understand that what you keep trying to conceal, God can't heal. And what happens is, if I live life with secret faults, David's talked about them, cleanse me from my secret faults, my hidden sins, those things that are hidden, those things that are tucked away in my life. Understand that Joshua chapter 7 tells us that when we hide things in our tent, it hinders us from progressing in life. When Achan hid the Babylonian garment in his tent, The Bible said they begin to lose battles that they never should have lost. They begin to fall to things that they never should have fallen through. In other words, hidden and secret things in my life diminish my ability to walk in the victory and the power and the blessing that God has destined for me to walk in for my life. And oftentimes, we live with hidden hurts. Because we're more concerned with what people think about us than what God knows about us. We come in with our Sunday best hiding our everyday worse. But God wants to heal hidden hurts. It is not His will for us to walk around spiritually hemorrhaging on the inside. Bleeding out on the inside. I wrote it down like this. Understand that 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 David said, "Cleanse me from my secret faults." Psalms thirty-two. That's what I wanted right there. Psalms thirty-two says this. How joyful it is for those, those whose transgressions is forgiven. Listen, whose sin is covered. How joyful is the man the Lord does not charge with sin and in whose spirit is no deceit. Watch this. Watch what happened. Dave, notice what he's saying. He said, when I, when I didn't no longer concealed it and I no longer hid it and I confessed it and I got it out and I was being honest, I was being truthful. Notice this. He said it was joyous. It was a blessing, but watch this. When I kept silent... My bones became brittle from the groaning all day long. Your day, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me, and my strength was drained as in the summer heat. This heat right here, we're facing summer heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you took away the guilt from me. You have to understand that God is not content with, with us having hidden hurts. He sees it, but will you confess it? He sees it, but will you give it to him? Quiet bunch. You shouted good a while ago. Listen, when you come out of hiding, you can come into healing. You don't hide in hurt. Watch this. You hide in him. I'm going to say that again. You don't hide in hurt. You hide in him. He is your hiding place. The eyes. I'm going to give you number three. I'm, I'm about to end now. The word of God. The eyes of God. And the high priest of God. The scripture said this. He says, we have received, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Watch this. Notice the wording. He didn't just say, how am I going to make it? I got to embrace my great high priest. Notice he didn't just say great. I mean, just didn't say high priest. He said, great high priest. Because to this audience that he was addressing, they were very familiar with high priest. High priest was the highest religious authority in their lives. The high priest, according to Leviticus, you know, all all the old under the old covenant, the high priest was one who went in annually to make atonement and sacrifice for them. The high priest was their representative unto God. They were familiar with just the high priest. But the scripture didn't say high priest. It said great high priest. Because it spoke of Jesus's superiority to a regular priest. He says, I'm higher than your priest. I'm greater than your priest. And when he says, embrace your great high priest, he was saying, number one, realize I'm superior in my personality. Because see, the normal high priest, watch this. Before he could atone for the sins of others, he had to atone for the sins of himself. In other words, he had to be forgiven. He had to be washed. He had to be purged. He had to be sanctified. But Jesus says, I am superior to that because I am spotless. I am sinless. I've never faulted. I've never failed. I've never messed up. And therefore, I am a greater high priest. But watch this, not only was he superior in his personality, but he was superior in his performance. Because what the Bible said, that the high priest can only go in once a year. But Hebrews 7.25 says this, that we have a high priest who lives to make intercessions for us. In other words, the message says, he, the message translation says, he is always on the job for us. In other words, man, humanity, religion, good God, was limited in its ability to provide continual access to the presence of God, my Lord. And Jesus said, now that I am your greater high priest, I live to make intercession for you. In other words, I am interceding for you day and night. He only could do it once a year, but you have a great high priest who is always on the throne, interceding on your behalf. See, we have an adversary who's an accuser, but we have an advocate who's an intercessor. And the Bible said that Satan is always accusing us. You did this. You did this. You did this. You did this. You shot them a bird because they cut you off. You, you cussed them out. You. The accuser is always bringing up our flaws, our mistakes, our mishaps, our mess-ups, our dysfunction, but I'm thankful today that we have a great high priest because every time he tries to accuse, here's what Jesus says to the father, I paid for that, I paid for that, I paid for that, I paid for that, but they went off on that guy at the red light, I paid for that, but they had an attitude with their wife today, I paid for that, well they lied. I paid for that. Every time the hell tries to accuse you, Jesus stands up and reminds them, I know that that's what they did, but look at the cross. That's what I've done. I've covered that. I don't know what your that is that the enemy keeps throwing in your face, but I'm telling you, you have a great high priest who has covered it. how can he cover it? Watch this. He says, not only am I superior in my personality and my performance. He said, I'm superior in my sympathy. He said, you don't have a high priest who's not touched with the feelings of my infirmities. Huh. How can a God weigh up in the sky? How can this Jesus so far off how can this spotless sin well, how, what he knows how I feel that's why he became like us so he could relate to us <clears throat> he knows how you feel he knows your griefs he knows your sorrows he knows your pains. he knows your your he, he knows the depths of your soul. He knows those things that are ailing your mind. He knows he knows I, you know being in ministry, you do funerals and stuff like that And, and I'm always careful, especially around those times because I hear people say oh I know how you feel no you don't (laughs) you really don't know I remember the first four funerals as 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 a pastor I did were all babies little bitties and I'm telling you (laughs) The most inadequate, I, I, had, I could not tell you what any of them felt. Because I never walked down that path. I never went down that road. I don't know. I never lost a child before. And the worst thing that I could say is I know what you feel like. I couldn't say that because I never experienced it. But I'm going to tell you one person that says that can say it. And he really means it. Jesus. Christ the Son of the Living God he knows what it feels like to be rejected, he knows what it feels like to be alienated he knows what it feels like to be lonely, he knows what it feels like to be hungry, he knows what it feels like to be tired, he knows what it feels like to be falsely accused he knows what, to, what it feels like to be abandoned by those who he thought would love him and be there for them, he knows what it's like to be have a Peter denial a Judas betrayal, and a crucifixion fiction he knows what it's like being alienated and ostracized he knows the depths of our pain like never before and sometimes in life you will try to explain it sometimes you don't have the words for it. but i want to tell you there is one person who knows exactly how you feel and he says i'm touched with the feelings of your infirmities he said not only that am I touched he said I also know what it's like to be tempted in every way and yet remain without sin I know what it's like I've been tempted in every possible way that you have and yet remain without sin Man, people don't know how hard this is. Me don't know how tough it is. I'm trying. And when I'm say tempted, I'm not always talking about sexual moral stuff. You may be tempted to quit, tempted to give up, tempted to throw in the towel, tempted to give up on life, tempted with all tempted to do things that you know you shouldn't do. But he says, he says this, he goes, I know what it's like. But here's what the Lord showed me. Do you remember in the book of Corinthians? They're going to put the scripture up. It says, There has no temptation that has taken you that is that such that is common to man. No temptation or no trial. There it is. No trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, have overtaken you and laid hold of you that is common to man. Watch this. That is no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience as such as man can bear. But God, say but God. Don't make me preach it. Is faithful to His word and His compassionate nature. He can be trusted to not let you be tempted or tried and assayed beyond your ability. And strength of resistance and power to endure. Watch this. But with the temptation, he will sometimes, he will sometimes, he will always provide a way out. The means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and power, powerful to bear up under it patiently. Do you know what he said? I don't care What temptation or dilemma or trial that you have found yourself in he says, I don't care how tough it is. I don't care how hard it is. He goes, there will always be an exit sign on your trial and on your temptation. If temptation and trial and crucial and hard times come, there will always be an exit sign on it. I would have never allowed you to get in it if there was not any way to get out of it. He is the God. Can I declare this? He is the God of escapes. He wrote a whole book called Exodus, which means exits. Exits out of bondage. God said I am the God of exits and escape. There is nothing that is binding you that I can't pull you, pull you out. There is nothing that is holding you that I can't loose you from. There's no hurt that is holding you down that I can't lift you up. There's no addiction. There's no struggle. There's no challenge. There's no mindset. that no mentality that the enemy would try to use to hold you back, keep you back and bind you that I have not made a way of escape. There is a way out of despair. There is a way out of misery. There is a way out of hopelessness. There is a way out of depression. I'm going to preach you out of it because he is the God, the same God that part red seas can part your situation. He can bring you out. Stand to your feet. Because I believe right now that God wants to bring some people out. That thing hidden hurts was just bothering me. But also the last part of that scripture says this. He goes, here's the culmination of it. He said, if you want to experience this, he said, therefore, when you realize the word, when you realize that I see, when you understand that I'm the high priest, I've covered it. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. You know what he says that? Now, therefore, come boldly. He said, come to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That word boldly is not what you think it is. You know what it actually means? It means to speak frankly or speak transparently. He said, come and be honest with yourself. Come and be truthful with yourself. And I love it because it's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of criticism. It's a throne of compassion. And he says, but if you want to embrace the fullness, you have to come boldly. You have to come transparently. You have to come openly tonight I want to ask you a question what's your hidden hurt what has the enemy told you that you're trapped in and that there's no way of escape what has he whispered in your ear to just give up on and throw in the towel and walk away from what has he said you know what to some of you there's got to be another way If you would be honest with yourself tonight and you would say, Lord, I want to take advantage of my way of escape because you are my way of escape. And tonight, if you're a God of exits, I'm ready to come out of this thing that I know that's been binding me that's been holding me back, that's been keeping me back, the hidden hurts that I've tried to conceal. But Lord, you said tonight, if I keep trying to hide it, you can't heal it. But if I'll come boldly and openly to the throne of grace, you said, I will receive the help. I will receive what I need to bring me out into a way of escape. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one leaves. me.